Welcome to Puro Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. I'm Gilbert Garcia, opinion writer and columnist, and I'm joined by Kerry Clack, columnist, editorial board. Nancy Pryor Johnson, editorial board deputy editor. Metro editor Greg Jefferson. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about the very early uh, mayoral campaign announcement from uh, Councilman John Courage. We're going to talk about uh, what's probably the most interesting uh primary race uh, on the ballot in March, at least on the Democratic side, which is the, the U.S. Senate uh, race. But I want to start off uh, talking about the standoff that we're seeing uh, at the border. And the backdrop to this is that uh, as part of uh, Greg Abbott's Operation Lone Star, we've seen uh, Texas uh, National Guard and TPS troops uh, on the border in Eagle Pass. They have put up uh, razor wire in the Rio Grande, which separates the uh, U.S. and Mexico, they have blocked access to uh, border patrol uh, agents uh, when it comes to Shelby Park, which is close to the border. And uh, this has been kind of building up. We had the, the Biden administration uh, uh, filed a response to this. And a week ago, the U.S. Supreme Court in a five to four decision said that uh, border patrol agents could remove the razor wire from uh, from the, the, the river. Um and at, at least at this point, it looks like the, the the response from Governor Abbott has been to defy that Supreme Court decision. And he is getting a lot of support from his fellow Republican governors across the country. And Kerry, you, you had a, a great column about this over the weekend. And when you look at this, is it your sense that that Greg Abbott is he's he's actually wanting to create this sort of uh this battle, he's 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 wanting to to be able to to to, to lock horns with with the administration over this. It's hard to to, to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not. Um, I mean, he's been been pushing for this fight, you know, since Operation Lone Star, but it really has escalated with uh, that closing of of, of Shelby Park. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it started also with the, with the barbed wire and the buoys and everything, but when you you're saying that you're putting Texas National Guard saying that this, and this is a public park and federal agents cannot come in. And then you have a Supreme Court decision saying that, well, you know, decision, emergency decision that they can, uh, that the Biden administration can cut the wires and you're still being defiant. And that's the word defiant. Mm-hmm. And you can't help but think, as I wrote of, of, during the civil rights movement of, of Farbus in Arkansas and and uh, Barnett in Mississippi and Wallace in Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, defying the 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 federal government because it played well to their base, but then ultimately they had to back down. I mean, Wallace did stand in the in the in the doorway at the University of Alabama. I really am curious to see how this works out, whether or not. What's the end game? Like, what, what does he envision as the end game? I, I, I don't I, see. I do think he's, there's there's it's dangerous. I do think you're going to have a. Con- I mean, you you just follow what's happening on social media and all the people, these these militias and folks that are coming down to Texas and and folks is urging you know hold the line and go Texas. Well, and, yeah, and, and and I mean you're seeing people like Tucker Carlson basically saying the men of Texas need to rise up and which I don't. What is that saying that this is like you know take up arms and go to the border? That you we're seeing the language 
I mean, because the constitutional justification that the governor is is presenting on this and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is saying is that this is constitutes an invasion and that they have the constitutional right as a state to to uh, uh, ward off an invasion. Now, I mean, this this the, our founding fathers, they were envisioning mm-hmm. a military invasion and the states dealing with it, uh, you know. It, while uh, waiting for a federal response, if, if, if the federal response isn't there yet, the states can go in and, there and, the issue and, of and deal with that. The issue of notification was kind of decided during the Civil War, and it was the same thing that that, that Wallace, you know, the Southern governors tried to bring up during the Civil Rights Movement, that, that the idea that the states can nullify federal law, can, can nullify the, the Supreme Court. But also specifically with that word invasion, you would mm-hmm. think that of all governors, this is the one who would have mm-hmm. learned this lesson after El Paso mm-hmm. when they use he used that language mm-hmm. in his campaign material yep. yeah. and pretty much admitted that I think he may have used say we did some things wrong and that he wouldn't use it again. But it's that it's that language that that's going to antagonize, that's going to move someone to not. To not just do what what we saw happen in in the Walmart in El Paso, but all these folks coming down to the to the border looking for a fight with the federal government. I don't see it de-escalating. I don't know what it would take. I mean, you you just can't go and ignore the Supreme Court. I mean, it's it's absurd, beyond absurd. And um, I mean, how about if we're we're going to ignore the Supreme Court about Roe v. Wade being yeah. overturned? Like, oh, sure. you know, yeah. let's just. It's just silly. Yeah, yeah. it's and, just and beyond. Uh, I mean, and this isn't necessarily. I mean, the the the, the basic point it really should be: this is a Supreme Court decision, and you have to you have to respect the, right. the decision yeah. whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, but. The political backdrop is this is a very conservative Supreme Court that made this decision. And right. they've got three Donald Trump appointees on there. And even they, five before, even they have five said, before, yeah. even they have said ultimately the federal government has the authority over this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's always a possibility that Biden federalizes That's Texas. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, you know, the, uh, who knows what kind of explosion yeah, exactly. will will follow from that. But I mean, I think that's I think that strikes me as a very real possibility. And that's what happened in the three specific cases that I mentioned that that you, you ended up with Eisenhower and Kennedy, mm-hmm. um, Eisenhower in, in Arkansas and Kennedy in Alabama and Mississippi federalizing national troops. And then they, they backed down. Now, there was there was violence at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, but it, it's yeah, that's the thing is, is. Does is Abbott thinking that far along? Does yeah. he actually want a confrontation? But that's going to be the key in what Biden does with regards to federalizing the Texas, the Texas National Guard. Yeah. And, and we've just seen it really, if you look at this historically over the last 10, 15 years, it's been an escalation of this kind of war between Texas governors and Democratic presidents over the border. We had uh, Rick Perry, I think, handing a letter to Barack Obama yeah. when he arrived in mm-hmm. Texas at the, at the airport yeah. saying, you know, you need to you need to secure the border. And we've seen Operation Lone Star, which I think was justified initially as this is we this is going to be there to supplement the federal presence on mm-hmm. the border. They're not supplementing that. They're, no. they're impeding them. Yeah, they're blocking them. Right. Taking Using over. Me. Yeah. Now, this is super cynical. Right. <laughs> but but I want to hear this. <laughs> Brace yourself. Great. OK. Uh, I know, right? uh, it's a presidential election year. Yeah. And Donald Trump is likely to be the Republican mm-hmm. nominee. This plays in beautifully. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, yeah, perfectly. Which is why you saw Trump weighing in, stiffening the spine of, of Greg Abbott and calling on other Republican governors 
to help this guy out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just, it, it, you know, it's tailor made for a general election in which you're trying to demonize like a whole, you know, a whole segment. I'm glad you mentioned that because, because I, I, the thought that came, there's a thought that came to my mind over the weekend and was kind of spurred a little bit by your column, Gilbert, about Haley and how she's, um, what she should have done earlier in, mm-hmm. in taking on Trump. Mm-hmm. But I got to thinking, she's staying in the race. Yeah. Because there's a chance. I mean, there's a chance with the, mm-hmm. the guy, he, he just lost another major case on Friday. <laughs> there is a chance that something mm-hmm. can happen where he is not on the ballot. Haley is not someone I think a lot of folks would, Trumpsters would go to. That's true. Greg Abbott. King of the border, <laughs> making the wow. stand against the federal government. Wow, this yeah. is interesting. It's you know it's yeah, it's, it's you know it's yeah, yeah. we're at the Republican yeah. convention yeah. maybe later. Hmm. Trump can't be the candidate. We don't want Haley. Who are we going to go to? Mm-hmm. DeSantis is already kind of DeSantis. damaged yeah. goods. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and and the, the point I wanted to make on Haley too is just that you know I mean in the last week she's gotten kind of feistier. Although I think she's still kind of like she's kind of giving him a hard time about like his temper tantrum at, last Tuesday after New Hampshire. So, getting her name wrong, getting, getting her confused with Nancy Pelosi. But you know she's still not really bringing <laughs> no, up like no, the insurrection no, after no. everything. I mean the, the the really fundamental things. Um, and she, and she you know she got in the race a year ago, and it took her till like a week last week yeah. to finally say, well you know maybe I had to like actually make the case against him and to yeah. some degree. Yeah. But um. Yes, yeah, and we were talking about uh, about Trump, and, and I'm glad Greg brought that up because one of the issues, you know, hanging in the background here is the fact that there is an, there's been an effort to come up with uh, a bipartisan immigration bill. It's mm-hmm. tied to Ukraine reform, um, and uh, you know, even before seeing it, Trump has has told Republicans vote against this thing. And based on what we know, I think this the, this bill would probably uh, beef up security on the border. It would speed up the, the asylum process. Um, probably not something that is going to be 100% satisfactory to anybody in either party, but mm-hmm. it, it would probably be seen by many Republicans as a step in the direction that they want to go. But Trump is encouraging them, vote against this. And it looks like this is basically... We don't want things. We don't want things getting any better at all on the on, right, right. On and, border and, and, in an election year. Yeah, uh, House Speaker uh, Mike Johnson totally on board with Trump. So yeah, this isn't. But I think because they don't want Bi- the Biden administration to get any kind exactly, of yeah. um, any kind of support or benefit from it, yeah. and um, they just want it to be an ultimate. I mean, it's it's too. It's too lucrative for both sides to keep the and fight McConnell, going. McConnell, I mean, basically saying, t- you know, according to Punchbowl, telling. Yeah. Senate that you know this is what the candidate, this is what the nominee wants to because he wasn't, yeah. won't say his name what what he wants to run. They don't on. want to make it better, right? But which before, also defeat, yeah. which also defeats Abbott's argument, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, if, it's, if 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 you've got yeah. this crisis where we need all these folks at the border, we're going to stand up against mm-hmm. the the the, the uh, against federal agents to keep this invasion from coming <laughs> in. But then you've got. Trump and McConnell and, and Johnson saying, well, we can wait yeah. till January. There must I'd like to point out you problem. had air quotes around the word invasion. Air quotes just, invasion. Yeah. I want to make sure that people who are listening know that. Yeah, watch it on YouTube so you can. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's. Thank you. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, the Wall Street Journal, you know, conservative voice on this uh, essentially said that if, if Republicans block this, they're handing Biden a victory because it, it allows him to at least make the argument. 
we tried to do something yeah. and, and Republicans for political reasons didn't want to do it. And, and also Republicans in 2020, a, a common argument from Ted Cruz and others was Democrats are, uh, they're they're blowing up the the COVID response. They're 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 actually doing things to make to 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 yes, uh, prevent the economy from from recovering, yeah. and they're they're imposing uh, excessive restrictions or they're trying to when it comes to COVID because they don't want they they want the economy to be in bad shape so Trump will lose. Yeah, and I mean they're probably differing opinions on whether that was happening, but this looks like. The same thing happening from from the well, it, other party. It's pretty explicit. They're not trying to hide it. Yeah, yeah. Well, last uh, Thursday, uh, Northside uh, Councilman John Courage announced his uh, his candidacy for for mayor in twenty twenty five, and this is. Um, a little more than 15 months before the mayoral election. And Greg, you have a much better sense about <laughs> political history in San Antonio. <laughs> is this the earliest <laughs> that you said? I can't remember a major yeah, candidate. No, no, I, I mean, honestly, I, I was racking my brain last week. I, I can't think of anything. I mean, when, uh, you know, when Ron Nuremberg ran for mayor the first time, I think he announced the December before the election. Yeah. He was a sitting council member. Right. Uh, and here John Courage is a full year and a half, something like that, uh, ahead of the next election he's announcing. Uh, he said the early bird uh, gets the worm. <laughs> the, closest, the, closest one I could, the closest one I could think of was Mike Viriel. Yeah. Like, um, and it was then July, situation. August of 2015. Yeah, it wasn't. Because yeah. Julian had left to go to HUD. And, I and, and so. We knew that we were going to have a mayoral election in the next year. It was yeah. going to be an open seat for the, you know, and so, this, yeah. so, so Mike, I think thought in that case, it made some sense to say, I'm going to jump in, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe keep some other candidates out of the race if I get in early. Yeah. And he, you know, he was, he'd been a state representative and he needed to make himself known, uh, to, uh, you know, other, other precincts around, right. uh, San Antonio. Didn't do that. <laughs> but actually, and actually, and you know, and at the full disclosure, I was working for Mayor Taylor at the time, and uh -huh. and uh, uh, you know, when Mike jumped in, Mayor Taylor had said that she wouldn't be running, and then so had had Leticia Vanderput. So uh -huh. at the moment that that. Mike jumped, Viriel jumped in. He had a clear field. He had a clear field. Yeah, yeah. I should Months. note that I, yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> we both. <laughs> I made the. Uh, Bad decision to try try out politics once. I'll never do that again. But yeah, I, I, I did work for Mike. We were both. I was that. just waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have to cop to that. So. But in this case, it, this John Courage running is is not going to keep candidates out of the no, race. No, no. I mean, I think it could be that you know you've had. Uh, Manny Polias, uh, mm -hmm. the council member representing District 8, like he's he's not formally announced, but he might as well have. I mean, he's been he's been hyperactive over the last you know four or five months. Mm -hmm. um, all kinds of uh, policy proposals coming to him or it com coming from him. Uh, he's weighing in on issues. Doesn't matter if it's pertinent <laughs> to district. He's, he, and he's going to weigh in on them. Uh, and you know, you know that, uh, Melissa Cabello Haverda, she's also yeah. kind of exploring a run. Um, and it could just be that John Courage felt like he needed to, you know, we've known that he was interested in running for months now, mm -hmm. uh, since se September, October. 
Uh, it could be that he felt like, uh, given all of the behind the scenes activity, mm-hmm. kind of all of the jockeying, mm-hmm. he needed to be the first out, kind of formalize sure. his candidacy, get out as a mayoral candidate and approach, you know, business interests, neighborhood groups, civic groups, and start raising money in a serious yeah. way. Yeah, that's how I see it, too. He thinks it's going to get crowded. Yeah. He wants to raise money. Yeah, I mean, I don't know first. how effective that's going to be, but so, that might have been. Yeah. And of course, you you know, you got a, we got a, a state primary election coming up in a few weeks. we got a, the November mm-hmm. uh, uh, election. And so there's just going to be a, there's a lot of lot competing with this. And that's why I think it's common for candidates, either for mayor or city council, to wait till after the November uh, either uh, midterm elections or presidential uh, election cycle to just, you know, and usually you'll see something like maybe right after that, maybe mid-November, early December. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing that happened was when when uh, Councilman Courage uh, made his announcement, uh, it was uh, it was kind of a stormy event. He had uh, some pro-Palestinian protesters there, they kind of shouting him down while he was trying to speak. I mean, it was, right. a, it was a, some F-bombs. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, was it got, it, yeah, it got, it got pretty intense. And what, what these activists are after are ceasefire resolution yeah. at city council. Uh, she had opposed. Yeah. He had opposed. Um, it's almost, it seems very unlikely that there's going to be a resolution vote at mm-hmm. all after Manny Palais, uh, Mm-hmm. Pulled his support. So it takes three, you know, minimum of three council members who can call us, you know, this is under the city charter. They can call a special meeting. Uh, Palaez, um, Jalen Mickey Rodriguez and Terry Castillo did that for a ceasefire resolution. Manny backed out and it kind of created chaos. Uh, although there would have been chaos had there been a resolution vote also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what activists are extremely upset about now. And, they have, you know, they brought a city council meeting to a standstill mm-hmm. with, you know, chanting and protests uh, nearly two weeks ago now. They've they've promised to, you know, continue that kind of action there. They've been a little, you know, I, they didn't happen last week at city council, mm-hmm. but, you know, they disrupted uh, uh, Mayor Nuremberg over the weekend and mm-hmm. one of his events. Yeah. And uh, at uh, Courage's announcement. So they're still they, they're still there. And no reason to think they won't keep coming back until there's some decision on a re- resolution vote. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing we probably won't see another major candidate announce for mayor for a while. I mean, he might have I a mean, few. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> and if they do, I mean, what steps would they take? Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing they can do for that not to happen again, right? Right, right. I mean, to prevent that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 They, I mean, you could always do a Zoom announcement. Yeah. Or maybe just at, at, at a venue where you have a little bit more control. I understand the, the optics of the steps of City Hall because this is what you want to do. Yeah. But maybe the, maybe you just have a venue where you have a little bit more control over Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I guess ultimately you really can't. Control yeah. It, and, and I mean, to, to for people who haven't seen the video, I mean, there was uh, a protester there with a bullhorn who was yelling how many more kids and yeah. in reference to uh, kids in, in, in uh, Palestinian kids in Gaza who have been who've been killed by Israeli uh, yeah. attacks. Uh, and uh, it, I, I think John Courage in going through the, the crowd was one. I actually tried to shake that person's hand and he said, yes. don't you don't you effing yeah. touch me? And I don't. 
I don't shake hands with someone who has blood on their hands. Which so. that is such a John Kerr's thing to do. And that's to to, totally to to his personality. Yeah. And he mild mannered and, you know, former teacher. Right. And I don't know. I think he I I think I think he did the right thing. I mean, what what would most people do in that situation? Yeah. Um, but I think at this point now, everybody has to be everybody. Everybody else has to be prepared for that. Mm, you know, yeah. Um wanted to talk a little bit about the the U.S. Senate race on the Democratic side. This is the race to to find the nominee to challenge Ted Cruz in November. Um, and uh, over the weekend on Sunday, there was a debate uh, which included um, uh, San Antonio State Senator Roland Gutierrez and uh, Dallas Congressman Colin Allred. Um, we've seen polling recently from Emerson College, which showed uh, Congressman Allred uh, with a with a, a strong lead over Roland Gutierrez and the rest of the field. Um, and the polling also had hypothetical races between uh, Ted Cruz and Roland Gutierrez and Colin Allred. Um, in with with both of those scenarios, you had very close races. I think uh, Colin Allred was maybe two points behind Ted Cruz and Roland Gutierrez was one point. Again, polling is 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 imperfect, probably more now than ever. And this is very early. And Democrats have gotten their hopes up in the past, uh, but there, I think Democrats could take, could look at this with some sense of encouragement that that maybe they have a chance. Because uh, even for all the money raised by Beth O'Rourke in 2018 and all the national attention he got, I don't think he was ever ahead in, in the, any of the polls. I think he was always a few points behind. Yeah. So to to be yeah. possibly within striking distance this early, I think is encouraging. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the race will probably come down to Colin Allred and Roland Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. And Roland Gutierrez has really, uh, I think, has kind of uh, defined himself as you know, he's kind of the firebrand. He's going to take on the extremist Republicans. He's going to fight them. Colin Allred is, I think, maybe kind of presenting himself as more of a of a bipartisan figure, kind of working mm-hmm. with the other side. Is it? You think that's that's fair? Yeah, and I think the the strategy fits both of their personalities, and uh, you know, it's interesting because both of them have become. Somewhat national figures because of, of MSNBC, you know, already this mm-hmm. on for, you know, when, when they talk about voting rights and different issues over the last few years, and of course, Roland, uh, because because of Uvalde, which, mm-hmm. um, and again, to his credit, uh, more than any other elected official, has been the voice yeah. uh, for those families and has, you know, the voice for a lot of Texans who have been been outraged and. It's definitely his personality to be like, to be that fiery. Whereas mm-hmm. Allred, and it's something we've, we've talked about before, that as a black man running for the U.S. Senate seat in Texas, you can't have that same kind of fiery personality. You can't be, uh, you, you can't be Jesse Jackson. You have to be Barack Obama when it comes to personality. And I, uh, from the little bit I know about Allred, that seems to be his personality personality to begin with, but mm-hmm. I, I think he also understands that he has to be seen as someone who is going to uh, to to build coalitions and to build bridges. Uh, I, I agree, but I think more of it, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with that, but at the same time, it's also trying to get the vote, the one, the Republicans who maybe will come over. Moderates. Um, yes, because 
I mean, he absolutely needs those votes. And we're in Texas, obviously. And he, I mean, he knows what he's facing. And you can't do that when you are, when you're the firebrand, right? When you're so far left. And so he's trying to be right there in the middle. Um, and it's, he's upsetting. Of course, there's a lot of Democrats. I mean, if you look at anything on Twitter, of course, it's Twitter X, not even Twitter anymore, X. Um, and you see that he has a lot of, a lot of, you know, people who are not not happy with him right um call in on there and they're democrats yeah. and they're but they want they want the firebrand but i think when you talk about the voter in texas and um the people who are actually going to show up um they want somebody who is more of course is not so far to the left but at least is more to the and it's something the that's been tested out in texas we saw was mike collier run for lieutenant governor mm -hmm. twice basically yeah. as a moderate on the idea that i'm going to be acceptable yeah. but yeah. then you always have the question of like is he going to excite the base enough and having said that nobody on the ballot would have beaten dan patrick probably in these right. elections right. anyway because that's right. the state we're living yeah. in but that's the it's it, this is the, the debate and that's i'm afraid that's going to be the texas issue here for years which is yeah. we get a moderate who's going to be uh, acceptable Right. To, you know, some to Republicans who are who are thinking that the state has gone too far um, to the right. Yeah. Um, or do you go with somebody who's just going to energize the base? Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the the undecided vote in this. So in this poll, they found that there's a, That's a pretty, a great point. pretty Thank sizable you. chunk. Mm. Of Almost 40 percent. Right. Exactly. Uh, who have made up their minds yeah. and they're predominantly Hispanic Democrats, Gen Z and millennials. Yeah. Uh, so you have to think. um think ahead to a runoff because it seems like yeah. you're, yes. you're you're pretty likely to get yeah. Roland Gutierrez in a runoff with Colin Albrecht. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, passion <laughs> and kind of that that, mm -hmm. that fiery sensibility that that Gol Roland Gutierrez has, uh, you know, if you look at the undecided, it's like maybe that's more appealing to them. Like maybe he has an edge going into uh, a runoff. Yeah, that's a really I'm really glad you brought that up because I mean, we we. I think in that poll, Colin Elridge was he was well ahead, but he was at twenty nine percent. So yeah. that's yeah, yeah. that's very far from that's and see that's yeah. that's that's the issue with with uh, with Allred is uh, the the paradox is that in a way he's kind of and maybe you know he's, he is kind of running the kind of campaign maybe to uh, uh, general election campaign mm -hmm. to when he gets to be on the stage with mm -hmm. with with Cruz at the same time he's going to have to show some passion against Cruz, where one of the things that, that's in Gutierrez's favor is that you can kind of, I mean, you, you kind of get your blood yeah. coursing a little bit when you kind of picture mm -hmm. Gutierrez mm -hmm. on the on the, on the stage with Absolutely. Cruz in, in debates in October. And not only about Uvalde yeah. and, gun, and gun safety, but also about abortion yeah. and other, I mean, we've yeah. heard him yeah. talk on a number of issues. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that, uh, that he, he talked about both at the Sunday debate and uh, when uh, the candidates met with the editorial board uh, Monday morning, as uh, he was, he's criticized Colin Allred for uh, voting uh, for, I think there were 14 Democrats who voted for this resolution, uh, denouncing the Biden administration's quote unquote open border policies. Um, and uh, Roland Gutierrez has said that that was yeah. throwing uh, President Biden under the bus. Uh, he's also called for busting the Senate filibuster. As a way of getting things, I think I think was that on the abortion issue was mm -hmm. it that that he yeah, was, he was at, using, using uh, that because obviously that's the uh, the filibuster is a big impediment to Democrats ever codifying uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, you know, on a, in in uh, through legislation. So yeah, he's 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 definitely come come down hard on these issues. Whereas I think uh, you know I think Colin already said that he's willing to tinker with yeah. the filibuster, but not not eliminate. And all and all it was. Um, 
uncomfortable, he said, with some of the language in that resolution, specifically the, mm-hmm. the open borders. Uh, it's one of those things, those resolutions where you, when you first saw the news story that he had signed his name on to it, you kind of understood what he was doing and why mm-hmm. he was doing it. Mm-hmm. But on the other issue, I, I think, uh, Roland is correct in, in, in calling him out for it. And. Right. Yeah. Going to be a really interesting race to watch. And, uh, I think we're going to wrap things up there. Um, thanks to everybody for, for listening and watching. And we hope everyone's doing well. We'll be back next week. Take care.